Hello my darlings, it's Karen here. After our last big adventure, we finally got some time at home and I thought I'd take advantage of it and throw a nice big dinner party. It was just lovely to get together for a reason other than someone dying or there being too many geese or being at work. Afterwards, Idafa ran into his old friend Amity and together they raided a marvellous storehouse. It ended up being empty, and Amity told Ido that must mean Marvelous is making a move soon. I wonder what it is. Frankie had Quisp come to visit from Ixingnir, and they turned that dangerous gun weapon into something useful. How good for them. He also met Delton, the bluebird again, and found out that he seems to be stuck hopping from dream to dream forever. Flynn met up with Murphy, who took him to the Marquet Obsidian to show him something important. He bumped into Marvelous himself, who knew his name, and found out that the remains of Pharaoh the Dragon are being sold to the crime underworld. And as for me, I received a visit at my workplace by Master Speck and his cronies. It turns out I was right about him all along. He's just horrible, and he demanded that I fire Idafa in exchange for some information about what's going on. Murphy's honest goods got raided by the guards. Not only could we not go shopping, but it looks like he's had to disappear for a while. Poor Frankie. And on a dark and stormy night, Flynn got a knock on his door. My motherly instincts are telling me that something's about to go down. Everybody and welcome to the Terrible Adventures of the Janison Bruford's Parchment Company. My name is Penny D. I will be your DM today. And this year, I would like uh, for my birthday the opportunity to go out to like a nice dinner with all my friends. Aww. I actually really love getting together with people and like having a like a like not like a fancy dinner, like a Mr. Pickles dinner, but just like <laughs> everyone sitting around a big table and we've all got enough money to get like cocktails and big cheeseburgers and then we all just have a nice time that's what i want to do for my birthday that is a lovely birthday present mine is um, you guys pay for yourselves my (laughs) my one my one is a lot more uh selfish um i was gonna say personal it's not personal selfish Uh, my name is liz and i play karen the dwarven barbarian and you know what i'm gonna channel my inner karen today and say that what I want for my birthday this year is jewelry that I can wear. Sparkly things. Yeah, I'm allergic to um, everything except for gold jewelry, which sounds fancy, but it's actually really annoying because I have three earrings and none of them match. And can, you, all- can you recall that again? But can you say, I'm allergic to cheap fabrics or like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I simply cannot wear cheap fabrics, darling. Cheap metals, <laughs> they they irritate my skin. It's just not on. But for reals, it sounds it sounds fun and fancy, but it's really annoying. I just want some earrings that I can wear, man. That's it. That doesn't sound like a lot. I haven't worn earrings for years because I have three and none of them match because I also lose earrings a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this isn't a good gift for me, actually. <laughs> Hi, I am Poppy. I play Ida for the Tiefling Rogue and... I don't really know what I want. 
You can ask for world peace for your birthday. That's the magic of doing trivia is that no one's going to get you the thing that you ask for. So it's not your fault if we don't get world peace. Just just want a nice cozy night with lots of blankets because my birthday's in the middle of winter. Nice. And just like watching some movies at home with my partner. That sounds pretty great to me. That sounds like an <laughs> awesome birthday. What would I you have for dinner? Cool. I don't know. We do love Thai food. Ooh. Probably Thai food. Thai food movies. I think what I'm going to do now is I'm going to text my partner and say exactly that. Okay, that's uh, that's that's that, that's real cool. Totally not going to make me look uh, like a selfish git. But uh, no, 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 no. Come, come join me. Come join me on the side. <laughs> my name is uh, my name is Stephanie, and I play uh, Frankie the Human Artificer. And what I want for my birthday, so I've got like a huge laundry list of things that I I write down everywhere. So I stare at it, and you know, I try and manifest getting these things um which is pretty much anything off of my pb tech wish list uh which includes things like a new ipad pro mm -hmm. etc nice. and like you know all the trimmings uh anything off my rubber monkey list which uh is like a new microphone set up for various podcasts stephanie like frankie wants the future yeah, for her and, birthday uh, i want a new <laughs> 3d printer with the wash and cure set as well uh so like everything and none of it is cheap so like mm -hmm. you know you know if anyone's listening that has a spare ipad pro that's like you know what i don't need this <laughs> my birthday is it's getting in the way of all my other ipad yes, Pros. exactly <laughs> i'm also potentially in the market for a sugar daddy <laughs> you know if anyone is out there feeling generous, oh my gosh, this this economy is rough. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're really channeling our characters today with these ones. <laughs> yes, help me make things to make the world. Better. I just want jewels. <laughs> I'm a cozy boy. I am Nathan, and I am playing Flimla the Halfling Bard, your favorite salesperson, or at least he tries to be. Um, and for my birthday, I would like to to a nice hotel. And somewhere with a pool and close to hot springs and then have the day kind of swimming a little bit in the sun but not much because i'm pale as heck <laughs> and then have room service and just watch like shitty b-grade movies back to back yeah that sounds like a nice birthday that sounds lovely that does sound like a lovely birthday and for all of your birthday this year i've gotten you a D, &D podcast how about <gasps> we play ourselves <laughs> some dungeons and dragons yeah let's yes, do please. it You woke up in the middle of the night uh, to someone banging on your door. Uh, it was uh, it was raining heavily. It was coming down like it is pouring down probably some of the heaviest rain that we've had in Yumea City for for probably months at this point. You you waited in your bed for a moment and Welby sat on your shoulder trembling and, and the, the, the knock on the door happened again. Um, and you went to the door and you opened it and who did you find there? Cassius. That's right. We all love her. You opened the door and you saw Cassie like completely drenched from the rain uh, and she said to you Flinvar we need your help it's very bad you have to come with us right now oh oh my gosh you're you're sopping wet uh, I have to go with you Flinvar you need to come with me now Captain Cherish sent me sent me to get you um, I'll just have to get my clothes or should I I'm, I'm in my robe is, is all out where appropriate because it's very good material but Slippers. Take a take a second to get dressed, but okay. can you ride a horse? I'll bring the horse around. I can, I can. I'll be there in a moment. Roll me an animal handling check to see how good you can ride a horse. Twenty-three. 
23. Damn. Okay, I, I love the like trope in fantasy stuff when like the halfling or like the, the gnome or whatever has to ride a very small like miniature horse or something. <laughs> it was my but, favorite trope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have had army training so you can actually ride a regular size horse. Oh, now I really want to ride a corgi. <laughs> So you take a second to get dressed. What are you getting? What are you gonna What are you gonna wear? So I put on my um my glimmered armor get up, and I change it to be like a, a dark kind of coat because I'm feeling a bit moody, I'm feeling a bit like a trench coat. Okay. And I've got my bag of holding, and my hat, which I tuck well in. Karen, Idafa, and Frankie, you're all at home, sheltering from the rain. It's pretty late. It's probably uh, quite close to midnight. Um, what are you doing? Are you sleeping? Are you uh, are you awake? Where are you guys at? Karen is asleep. She believes in a good night's rest and an early rise to be an efficient and effective worker. So she has been in bed for, I want to say, four hours by now. Yeah, she, okay. she goes to bed early. Frankie, of course, would be up because he's a bit of a night owl. Uh, you know, no good inventions were ever invented when you're asleep, I assume. So he'll be up, you know, not like working, like, you know, tinkering because it'll be loud, but, you know, writing notes, doing various research, reading books, you know, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. The administration side of inventing. Yeah, I gotcha. Puppy, what is Idafa up to? Um, he is out like a light. He is super cozy and his big old bed and he's been asleep for maybe an hour like he's a late he goes to sleep late but he he tired boy your cat is loafed on your are you sleeping on your front or on your back on my back yeah your cat is just loafed on your tummy just like sitting facing towards you with his eyes closed uh just rumbling a little bit in in the night time perfect (laughs) it's been a long day Flinva, yes. you get on a horse and you like ride a horse through the city for the first time. But you don't often see people in this much of a rush mm. that they would, you, you know, get on a horse and ride it around the city. But it's, it's you know, it's late at night and it's pouring down with rain. And like, you are not like walking on the horse. Uh, Cassie is trying to get you to ride as fast as you're able to. It is a, a full gallop as you guys are, are, are pushing as fast as you can uh, through the through the city. Uh, and you get yourselves to the center circle and you ride straight through into the middle of the park. Cassie rides straight in through the through the entrance and into the park in the middle of the night and you follow her. And she rides straight into the center uh, of the park where you could see the execution tower. Yeah. Uh, and, a, and at the bottom of the execution tower, you could see a bunch of city guards all dressed in the uh, the blue and purple of the, of the empire and a few warforged milling around. You can see that uh, Captain Cherish He's dressed in like his his full uh, proper armor, like his his kind of Templar-looking armor. They're congregated around the trap door that leads down to the clubhouse. Oh, Flynn's gonna take this time and he's gonna like whisper, whisper shout to Cassie. Is it Geese? Uh, Cherish uh, looks up uh, and uh, gives a little fist bump to Cassie. Uh, it says, um, "Thank you for bringing him." Oh. Flynnvar. Yes. We have a tip off that a criminal known as Mr. Marvelous is making a move tonight, and. We need you for your magic. Um, Dun-dun-dun! My, my what? It's okay. We all know you don't have to pretend. I've been told by the, uh, by the Admiral about everything, and you're not in trouble. You're not under arrest. You are military trained. 
and this is a military operation. We have to go now, otherwise this guy is going to hurt the entire city. Can you come with us? I mean, I can, but I'm part of a team, but I can. We don't want them. Rude. Your friends will be in the way. Uh, it's okay, we're not soldiers. Yeah, okay. We fought dragons, just so you know, so it's a little bit rude, but I understand where you're coming from. Um, it's hard to see the outside perspective in, so where do you need me? He looks down the he looks down the manhole. Sorry, this he looks down the sewer grate. We don't call the manholes on the show. <laughs> and he says, um, the "People holes." <laughs> sorry, we don't call the manholes because uh, Nate gets the googles apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's, this is a serious episode. Serious. <clears throat> <clears throat> he looks down the tunnel uh, and looks back up at you, and he says, "His base is underground. I think that's why we've never really been able to catch him." Uh, but follow us. We're going to go down there and we're going to arrest him. Okay. Uh, you lead the way. Flynn's mouth is dry and he's kind of like wiping his hands swiftly on his pants like, what the fuck? <laughs> Cherish uh, turns around and addresses the like four or five uh, humans that are there. Uh, and he pulls out uh, a little stone. And from the stone, there's like a, a blue projection coming out of it that seems to be made of light. Um, and he turns around and he says, the tip that we received came from this woman. Uh, we should thank her for her honesty and for her bravery. Uh, and, and Flinva, you see the picture and you recognize the face, but you can't place it. You're like, I know that person, but who is it? You think you might've only seen it once before. Is it like a human face? It is a human. Mm. And he turns around, he starts pointing at people, including Cassie. And he points to all the Warforged, uh, and he points to Cassie uh, and a few other people who are there. And he says, all of you, stay on the surface, stay here, guard this entrance. Uh, once they know what they're doing, they'll try to follow us down. So you guys are, you guys are, holding, you guys are holding the line here. Are we all understood? And Cassie's like, oh, oh, I'd like to come with because I want to be. And Cherish gives her this look, this like, he turns and like snaps over to her and she like stops talking and kind of flinches at it and she's like oh okay good good luck flinvar thank you cassie you look very nice today <laughs> she looks like a she looks like an enormous drowned sewer rat but she she kneels down and she gives you a hug and she wishes you luck and together you will climb down the ladder uh cherish first and then you and then four or five human guards with you uh down the ladder uh, and the pouring rain is is making it like you're climbing down a like a a water tunnel or like a like there's so much water down here and you 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 hit the bottom of the ladder and you find yourself in the clubhouse uh and cherish lights a torch uh and looks around and the kids in the room are all in there and they're hiding they all scramble and they like just waiting to see what happens and the other guards come down behind you and you all leave uh, through the entrance to the clubhouse and out into the sewer. Mm. Karen, Frankie, and Idafa, can I get you all to roll perception checks, please? Hmm, interesting. That is an 18 for Ido. 16 nice. for Frankie. Nice. That is a 16 for Karen. Okay, all of you above 15, so everybody passes. Uh, you're all roused by a strange green light outside of your windows and, and a sound 
uh, that that rouses everyone in your house, like a loud voice that says, Greetings, Ymir City. My name is Mr. Marvelous. And you, you go to look out your windows, and similar to what you've seen before, you can see an enormous projection of Mr. Marvelous, like, uh, you know, electric green, hovering huge in the sky above the city. Uh, when, when you were in his mansion, uh, he used this similar technique to communicate with you. Mm. He's looking down at the city, uh, and out your windows you can see people waking and sticking their heads out their windows, and, um, you know, a few of them are even going outside with cloaks over their, their heads to protect themselves from the rain. I have some news for you, you Mearsons. In fact, we are not the same. No, no, no. There are four amongst us who wield magic, despite the fact that it's supposed to be illegal. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you their names. <laughs> and Otto, like, he puts his head out the, out the window and he's like, Tell him then, you dingus! Karen turns to Barry and she says, Uh, Barry, darling, um, He's, he's here. It woke him up too, and he's listening yes. to this as well. Yeah. She says, Barry, darling, um, go and get the children and take them down to the cellar. And then I believe a long weekend <laughs> for you and the kids at your father's summer house might be in order. Wrong and, persuasion check. Yep. Karen got an 18. Barry looks at you really seriously. Um, and he leans forward and he gives you a light kiss, you know, where your crow's feet will be one day, just next to your eye. Hmm. And he, and he holds you and he puts your foreheads together and he says, go kick some ass, honey. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, Karen puts on her necklace and puts on some sensible clothes and goes to run out the door. While you're doing this, uh, Marvelous is still ranting. Uh, yep. Frankie, when you hear that you're about to be named, what do you do? Frankie, like, kind of perks up at the sound of, you know, when he says there's four other, like, there's four of us. That's when it kind of, you know, sort of hits Frankie, like, oh, snap. Uh, and he just sort of stands out. He kind of listens for a little bit to, to see what his family are doing. Uh, your sisters are all awake, uh, and your dad is unconscious because he's not asleep. He's he's drunk. He's drunk. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Frankie would just take this time to just bend down to his sisters and be like, "Hey, you know, whatever happens from you know this moment onwards, just know that I did everything I did because I love you, and I wanted to provide you with a better life." Your youngest sister, Emil, um, the smallest one, how old is she? Like, I don't know, I think we said about, what, six? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, she grabs onto your knee, and she looks up at you, and she's missing her two front teeth, and she's <laughs> like, I knew you were a magic, Frankie. You're the best. Oh, <laughs> oh my heart. <laughs> Frankie, like, blinks away some tears. As he just gives everyone like just a quick like <laughs> you all rolled really well in perception so what you gather 
while this is all happening, right? While you're shouting at the sky and preparing your kids and uh, hugging your sisters, um, Marvelous says that he's broadcasting from the top of Ymir City's tallest tower um, and that tonight he's going to uh, essentially expose uh, the, all the corruption in the city. Uh, and he's going to, um, he's going to make everything, he's going to make everything transparent. That's what he, that's what you gather, uh, while he's sort of like building up to the fact that he's about to tell everyone, uh, the names of the people who do magic. Does anyone want to, want to offer me, uh, like a prompt for like, what is the tallest tower in Yumiya City? I was going to say maybe there is a section in the big business district that tried to grow too big too fast. And there's a tower there that no one has been able to rent out. <laughs> um, so it is derelict, but it is the tallest tower. And everybody's kind of scared of it because it's so much taller than the rest of Ymir City that no one's sure if it's really structurally sound. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's kind of a structural marvel, but in the way that everyone's like, I don't know about that one. It's marvelous. Frankie, what's it called? It's called the something tower. What's it called? Okay, uh, okay, 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 okay. Guidance Tower, because it's the tallest tower and people use it as uh, a point of reference for navigation. Okay, Mine. Guidance Tower. Um, so Marvelous tells you that he's at the top of Guidance Tower. And then he turns around and he says, All right, I think they've had enough time to hide. <laughs> but I want you to know that the names of the magic users in Ymir City, whom the guards allow to walk amongst you, despite the fact that they could kill you in a heartbeat. One, Karen Stonecutter. And then he ta he says your address as well. Oh my goodness. <gasps> oh, rude. <gasps> Is he just doxing us? Yeah. Flynnvar Onagon <sighs> of Onagon War and Weaponry. And he, he lists your, uh, your address as well, Flynnvar. <gasps> Francis Delaney Reynolds. And he lists your address as well, Frankie. And of course... Idifer Belser, a tiefling like myself who doesn't even understand the glory of his people. He lives with halflings, you see, and he lists your address as well, Idifa. And while this is happening, like Karen, you're you're halfway out your door. Uh, Frankie, you're you know trying to get your sisters to to settle so that you can get your backpack on. Um, Idifer, you are. Uh, what are you doing at this point? Are you getting dressed, or what are you up to? I'm going to my parents. I'm just like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to need to go for a while. Um, are you going to be safe? Uh, your parents love you, right? You you told them everything a long time ago. So, like, oh, yeah. they are they are fully aware of what's going on. They they hug you, um, and then the knocking starts mm -hmm. on the on the doors, on the windows, and like same again, Frankie. Like your your entire shack starts to like shake a little bit as people are like thronging to your home and like banging on your doors and banging on your windows and you can hear all these voices of people who are like crying to you to um you know heal their heal their sick families and and give them riches and oh um help them with their problems oh um, oh okay so i'm gonna open the door and who, who do i see first 10 15 people start like coming inside uh no oh. they don't Yes, they do. No, I'm saying get out. That is it. Okay, so the mob of people force their way into your house. My goodness. Ooh. Um, get out? <laughs> they start grabbing you, Idafa. Um, as your dad, like, picks up a broom and starts trying to, like, 
spat at them uh, and your mum starts like emptying vases, like the water from vases on people. And your mum screams at you like, I defer, I defer, run, get out of the house. You're the person that they want. You need to go. Okay. She's, she's not screaming at you because she's angry at you. She's worried about your safety. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, shit. I'm going to grab my jacket off the chair as I go. Okay. And I'm going to run to the bathroom and lock it behind me because like, I feel like if there's any place they're not going to follow me, it's probably the bathroom. Because who wants to see me do my business? Yeah, yeah um, sure. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and roll me a deception check, and I'll roll an insight check for the uh, the incensed, angry mob that is pursuing you inside your house. <laughs> that is 12. <laughs> okay. You do manage to, to break away from them, um, pick up your jacket, and, and like run into the bathroom and close the door. Uh, but, like... There are multiple people, even with the bathroom lock, which is more like a don't open the door than like an actual, like it's not like a prison door. <laughs> people are banging on that door and trying to get to you. Um, and you can hear like every one of them is screaming something that they want, something that they, they need from you. Um, and they're all desperate. They're going to be in here any second. Oh, so I'm going to shapeshift because I can do that. What, do you, what shape are you going to take? Firstly, I'm going to open the windows so that I can actually get out. Smart. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to turn into a little mouse and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out that window and just kind of chill on like a ledge outside the window and just catch my breath for a bit. Yeah, Idafer, you, you turn into a mouse uh, and you run out on the windowsill and kind of like around the corner a little bit so that you, you can hear what's going on, but you can't, you don't have a direct line of sight. Uh, and it's only a few minutes before people uh, break into the bathroom and think that you might have escaped out the window. So they start running back to the entrance of the door uh, to see if they can catch you. Okay. Frankie. Yes. Your house is not made of very sturdy material. And people from the South District, because you live pretty close to the South District, so dangerous people are trying to break in. You can hear all these voices, you can hear all this anger, you can hear, and this isn't quite so much I need stuff from you, this is more of a everybody get him kind of anger that you can feel uh, coming from outside. Your sisters uh, have uh, hidden themselves in closets, um, and you've just finished packing your bag. Uh, what do you do? Can I, can I just recon? like before they like hide yep. um, I would just like to give them instructions uh, I'm going to give them a thousand of my gold and give them instructions to wait until the crowd leaves and then take your sisters and uh, uh, like go to they've met Silver right Ooh. they have met Silver yes uh, uh, so maybe oh. but if I send them Silver would Silver be like nah I don't know you <laughs> like street urchins Roll me an inside check on Silver. Okay, inside, ugh, plus one. Ah, oh, that's 16. Nice. Yeah, Silver knows of you as Smarty Pants, the superhero. <laughs> so I think if your sisters turned up and said, Frankie said to come here, he would probably delight at the idea of taking them in and giving them, you know, lots of food and hanging out with them. Okay. Well, I would, I would, you know, tell the little sister, here, take this money. As soon as the crowd dies down, head straight for the palace. Ask to speak to Silver. Don't talk to anyone else. And when you get there, tell Silver that Frankie sent you and that you are there to have a cute little play date and I'll be there to pick you up shortly. Don't ask questions. Don't stop for anyone, okay? Roll me a performance check. Oh. I assume you're trying to sound brave for them? 
Yes, always. Oh, oh, that's a 12. Your younger two sisters, Amanda and uh, Emil, both believe you and that they, they nod. They're scared, but they nod. Uh, but Emily <laughs> like can see how scared you are. Yeah. And and she's really she's like she's really frightened. But she she also nods, but she doesn't think that she can see that you're scared. Okay. Okay, as long as she you know, she can get there safely. It's like, don't worry, I'm going to draw the crowd away. And I give her another quick hug and I like shove her gently but forcefully back into the closet. Okay, so they like all starting to converge are they still like outside and they're about to break in uh they're outside and they're about to break in okay is one of the windows slightly free yeah i would imagine that there's at least one window in this house that you could um bust out of without immediately running into let's say like the back window is fine but all the, all the windows on the front and sides of the house will be will have people outside of them okay yeah so frankie's going to not at all like roughly like like gently open he's gonna open up the window with force and try and dive out of the window roll me an acrobatics check uh, acrobatics yeah cool 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 cool, cool. Oh, that's a 17 seeing your sister frightened and knowing that you can't protect her has empowered you frankie mm. uh you like you know hang on a on an exposed uh bit of rebar like at the you know the top of your uh roof and you swing and you like kick out the window you don't shatter it you like kick it perfectly on the frame of it so that it opens all the way uh and you swing straight through it and you land on your feet <laughs> you did not trip on your scarf and you are on your feet and ready to go oh nice yeah, yeah so Greg's just gonna get out and he's going to run to the street so he's just slightly in front of the crowd and be like i'm over here and then he's just gonna take off just gonna gun it gun it fucking hoof it okay you run off into the night with your satchel full of expired lunches <laughs> and your magic and your trinkets with a fairly angry mob uh you know torches and pitchforks for these guys um chasing after you yeah fair karen yes you made it to your door and you have found yourself a third type of angry mob. <laughs> this one doesn't need something from you, nor are they trying to kill you. They hate you. <laughs> like, they hate you because they're jealous of you. And there's people out, uh, like, out of their houses. You you just became like a pariah a amongst your fancy, nice neighborhood. Do they hate her because they ain't her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Extremely that. Extremely That's that. That's crazy though. Um, what's my what's my little sister's new clan name? Uh, Electrumcast. Karen opens the door with a flourish <laughs> and she says, darlings, darlings, I know this must come as a shock to you on this cold and stormy night, however. The Romeo Dexterity saving throw. Oh god. What? So I don't smash someone in the face? What? I smell rotten fruit. <laughs> you you came out and started talking. Roll me a dexterity saving throw. Right. <laughs> oh, a natural twenty plus four. Oh my god. You dodge a like a like a glob of mud that someone has like lobbed in your in your direction. I thought we were a classy neighborhood, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> and then you dodge a brick. <gasps> oh my god. And then you dodge a letterbox. Uh, like, you're being booed off stage, essentially, right now. Mm. Hey, Romy, insight. 13. You are probably not in physical danger from any one of these people, but there are enough of them, 
and like the fact that like yes you could bust out your axe and probably kill all of them <laughs> but like that's not really like in the in your head you calculate yeah i could take all these guys <laughs> but not without killing them yeah no. it probably would be like smarter to leave than to mm. stay here and try to talk sense into them okay so karen karen kind of is dodging all of these um projectiles and bullshit and she is addressing all of her neighbors by name she's like oh like literal by the, bullshit yeah by the old gods alan pull yourself together and as she's kind of moving out of her doorway she does say to everybody it was all experimental anyway you're all you can all do magic look up the electrum casters in the hives and leave me alone and uh, roll me um, one more dexterity saving throw because you're still trying to talk to them yeah that's a uh 20 not natural you dodge what seems to be actual bullshit this time like someone threw probably yeah. more more <laughs> likely to be horse poop uh, at you she says oh carolyn you'll regret that in the morning <laughs> above your heads all three of you uh, as each of these scenes are playing out simultaneously above your heads the electric green torso of mr marvelous is taunting you uh you you can hear him over the roar of all of these crowds as he's daring you to come to the top uh, what was the name of the tower again the guidance, guidance tower. tower he's daring you to come to the top of the guidance tower and fight him if you want to kill him he's right here has he not done enough to destroy you come up and destroy him and karen says anyway must dash <laughs> and i've got um i've got bear active the the bear totem to block half damage like all damage except for psychic yes and then on the second aspect of the beast i've got elk active which means overland travel is twice as fast which means she just zooms away yeah you sprint off off she goes goodbye <laughs> we see that this like imagine the screen of this like animated series splitting into three uh each of them with a road uh, that heads toward the guidance tower, but from different angles, as the three of you like sprint through the rain. Idafa, do you change back from a mouse into yourself, or are you like taking a different animal shape to get there? I'm just wondering, as, like, as a mouse, you can probably go more as the crow flies. <laughs> I think you'll stay as a mouse as long as it's beneficial for him. Sure, yeah. So we see one little mouse, uh, one dwarf, and one tall, lanky human uh, making their way towards the guidance tower. Whew. Kia Penny here. Welcome back to JBPC. I'm happy you're here. For the last couple of months, I've been working on the Yes and Charity Stream with tons of collaborators, and we successfully raised over $11,000 during the stream. A big shout out to everybody who contributed, including, but not limited to, Jules, Simsara, Amy, Matt, Ruby, Abby, and all the people who gave a little bit or a little bit of time to make the project go on. We'll be back next year, hoping again to play some RPGs to raise money for good causes. Thank you very much to all of our patrons for sticking with us over the break, and to our new friends who have joined. James Courtright, Sam Sara, Secretly Ed Sheeran, Don't Tell Anyone, Claire McDonald, Jules Bergesser, Violet, Shobna Lee, 
Alex Moore, Lyndon Hood, Jesse Wesson, Disturbed One NZ, Andrew Evans, Luna Chris, William Evans, and new subscribers Steffi James is Awesome and Danielle Anderson. This coming arc is full of bloopers and cut content, so I hope you all enjoy the exclusive content that's posted on Patreon for you in the next couple of months. If you're curious about said bonus content, or you'd like to become a supporter of the Terrible Adventures of the Janison Breffitt's Parchment Company, go check out patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast to become a supporter for just a few bucks a month. You can also find us on social media at facebook.com slash Podcast and on Twitter on at jbpcpodcast. Music credits. Thanks to Brian Bulger for Black Mass, Jemina Contreras for Devil's Organ, Anno Domini Beats for Illusions, and Never Surrender, French Fuse for Press Fuse, Mini Vandals for Spooked, Nefix for Tell Me That I Can't, parentheses instrumental, and Telecasted for Saviour and The Last Goodbye. We're into the final stretch of story, team. I hope you end up loving where we go from here just as much as me and the team love making it. We are back to posting bi-weekly again, so expect The Wish Scroll Part 2 on October 8th. That's all from me today. Let's get back into it. Down in the sewers, Flinvar, you and your troop have made it to somewhere that you remember from when the goose incident was happening. (laughs) The sewer has opened up to a hole in the ground. Uh, that the water is draining down into and there are like screaming noises coming up from it um you passed this place once before during the goose incident is this screaming noises is this where karen got her finger bitten off no this is later one of the intersections that you came oh, across yes uh was basically just like a hole that just the water just emptied down into yes and the guard troop starts setting up like a rope system for you to climb down uh and cherish sits for a minute um and it's freezing down here it's so cold down in the sewers with the like winter weather and, and and with all the rushing water it's so cold and he sits for a minute and he offers you a drink uh from his flask uh as he watches the rope get set up uh, and tells you that um might as well warm up before we go down even further i think my teeth are chattering too much for that uh, are we going down that you say towards the creams that's where he is Okay, that's so weird. This is fishy, right? What do you mean? I don't know, it's just, why would he be down there? It's so grotty and cold. He's like a gangster, right? This is the tip we got. You go down to the sewers, and where it opens up to go down even further, that's where you go. And that's where we'll find him, and all of his illegal activities, and all of his... I don't even know. Here, I promise this will help. And he takes a swig from the flask himself um, and, like, hands it to you, like, insisting that you have some. Yeah, so Flynn takes it and he kind of holds it, um, the hot flask against his chest for a little bit while he, like, looks down into the hole. You know how you, like, warm... It's not a, it's not a hot flask. It's like a, it's like a whiskey, oh. um, like a whiskey flask. It's not, it's not hot soup. It's, uh, it's liquor. Oh, I was like, a little, like, coffee thermos, like, on... Oh, no, it's not, it's not a thermos. Nate's genuinely disappointed. (laughs) Nate wanted soup. My innocent (laughs) Nate wanted beef soup. No, there's like, it it is like a small curved bottle that would, that would have alcohol in it. So Flynn does take it expecting it to be coffee and he's dashing back to that coffee time in the temple. And then he says it's alcohol and he goes, oh, on the job. Okay, well, all right. And he takes a swig. So what's the, how are we going about this? What's the tactical plan? We're going to go down. 
apparently below us is some sort of development space or lab of some sort. And we're going to break in. The, the thing is, is that this guy doesn't, this guy doesn't trust his men. So there shouldn't be too many people down there. So we're going to come in swords, swords out, and we're going to kill anyone that we find. Um, and you can do magic, right? You, you blast people. We want to capture Marvelous alive if we can, but anyone else who's down there, you take him out with your magic. Is that, is that cool? Can you do that? I've got a couple of things I can do. Okay. Yeah. Also, uh, th th there's supposed to be a magic lock on the door. Uh, so hopefully you should be able to help us to, to sort of break that too. What do you reckon? Yeah, I've got dispel magic. So that kind of pulls the magic out of the, the lock, hopefully, depending on how strong it is, uh, as I've found. Uh, yeah, just, it's really important that when I'm, I am doing my magic that you know, try not to get in front of me because sometimes you can't control where it goes. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let us, let us breach the door and then we'll stand back and you, you blast. Okay. We'll, we won't run in until you've done it. Okay. I would really hate to hurt someone that accidentally. I bet you wouldn't. Roll me an insight check. That was rude. I rolled a net too, so I can't re-roll, so I'm mad about that. <laughs> so six. <laughs> that last thing you said was kind of weird, but he seems overall like, he seems jazzed in like a different way than you've seen him before. Like he's the kind of guy who would like run like confidently into combat, but like he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't have bravado. He seems like serious. And what you gather is he's probably really scared of where he's going. Yeah. He, Flynn like looks at the flask that I've handed back to him and be like, all right, bolstering your coverage. That's fine. That's fine. Everyone can fight dragons. The rope is finished rigging. He's first down. Uh, he climbs down the rope and asks for you to come second after him. Like he doesn't wait till he gets all the way to the bottom. He just tells you to start abseiling down after him. Okay. Flynn follows. Karen, Ido, and Frankie. Creepy. Um, Frankie, uh, you managed to lose your mob uh, not long after you left. Um, but what you noticed is that the entire city is like awake right now. Wow. So while you are running to Guidance Tower, occasionally people throw glass bottles at you. Once in a while, uh, you know, like small crowds of people start chasing you, but you don't let up. Um, and usually you're, you're moving fast enough that usually what happens is you've passed people by the time they realize who you are. And, and the same same with you, uh, Idafa. You were, you were the closest to Guidance Tower in the first place. So you travel for a while uh, as a mouse. Do you go all the way there as a mouse or do you, do you tra uh, transform back? I think I will go all the way there because I can probably do like, uh, like take power lines and things like that. Roll me an athletics check as using the mouse's step block. Oh golly. Okay. <laughs> And, and Karen as well, your your crowd follows you for longer than you would have expected. You know, throwing things at you and booing you and calling you names and the perception of you is so negative. Like people who liked you, um, everyone like thinks that you're some kind of traitor to the city. All the while, this uh, green glowing bust, enormous green glowing bust of Mr. Marvelous is like daring you to come and get him. Uh, he's taunting you and reminding you to come to Guidance Tower. Uh, and he and like once in a while he disappears and uh, instead of himself, like a like a rotating um, 3D image of one of you appears and rotates for a little bit, like he's showing everyone who you are. Um, Karen, and Karen says, Karen says, oh, my hair from the back. No. Oh, <laughs> awful. 
I suppose I haven't had time to go to a hairdresser at the moment. Idafer, what'd you get? Uh, 16. Given that Frankie was uh, did like is running really fast, Karen's got the uh, the elk active, and you did really well on your athletics check. Um, within a couple of minutes of each other, uh, you all arrive at the base of uh, Guidance Tower. Uh, Frankie and Karen, you don't see either for at first. Frankie. Frankie just runs up to Karen and just hugs her. Oh, Frankie. Tears streaming. Oh, I'm so happy you're safe. How how are your sisters? How's your father? Uh, my sisters are fine. They they'll they'll get out fine. That's good. That's good. Oh, where's where's, where's Ida Flynn? Flynn? What's happening, Karen? Is everything gonna be okay? I don't know, Frankie. I hope they didn't get Ida. I'd never forgive myself if something happened to him. <laughs> oh, Frankie. I'm sure he'll be fine. And she kind of pats him lamely on the hand kind of holding his hand and looking out into the rain for Idafer and, and Flynn. Ida's gonna keep, like, listening in just in case um, they, like, spill some secrets or, like, some dirt or something. <laughs> in in case they say more about. nice things about you. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a teenage boy thing to do. That's a good man. Classic me. Um, and then I turn back into myself. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Oh my Yay! gosh! Idafa, it's oh my gosh! I'm so happy to see you. And Karen, oh, also, Karen. Karen also runs over and gives Idafa a big hug. Yep. Oh. Group hug. Oh, group hug. Big oh. hug. We're all doing huggies. Oh, I I didn't see Flynn on the way here. I I I don't I don't know what's happened to him. Should we wait a little longer? Will you look at that? Three little pests right at the bottom of Guidance Tower. Okay. Ymir City, if any of you want to know where the magic users are, they've come to get me. Come to Guidance Tower to get your share of the magic. I promise you it'll be worth it. Okay, you know what, actually? Um, I feel like we need to take him out right now. Uh, <laughs> Flynn, can, Flynn can catch us up, right? Yes. Probably. He's a tiny, tiny dude. He's a tiny, fast lad. Yeah. <laughs> He's got those disguising clothes. I'm sure he'll be fine. Okay, shall we? And Karen kind of gestures to the um, boarded up doors of Guidance Tower. Yes. How are you getting in? Uh, Prime. <laughs> Planks of wood. Come on now. <laughs> Karen, <laughs> hit it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just seeing how much electrum I have because I don't want to waste an electrum on this if I don't. Oh, I only have nine. No, I'm, I've got to be conservative with the Electrum. Have you eaten grass recently? <laughs> Are there, is there any grass around? Yeah, there's grass around. Yeah, Karen um, eats a fistful of green grass and Make punches. sure you follow through with that. As in follow through your punch, I'm saying that so I can give you my uh, plus five. Uh... Are you, you're given Flash of Genius? Yes. Okay. But, uh, follow through with your punches, Karen. Karen, the skinniest, <laughs> lankiest boy you've ever met in your entire life just reminded you how to punch. Go ahead. <laughs> she goes, she goes, okay. And she's kind of so confused by that, she forgets to um, activate the ring. So she just straight up punches the plywood. Okay, mm -hmm. roll me an attack roll with plus five. <laughs> punches it. 19 to hit. You punch a fist-shaped hole right in the plywood. 
Uh, and when you pull your arm back through, it just rips the entire like like sheet of plywood just away <laughs> from the boarded up entrance. Um, like you have a way in. Fist? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> she says, "You know, I followed through." And she kind of shakes the plywood <laughs> off and stomps inside. <laughs> Frankie gives like two thumbs up. <laughs> uh, inside is a there's a like a abandoned empty lobby that's a little bit like you know a little bit um what's the word for like it hasn't been hasn't been maintained in a long time. Dingy. Dingy lobby. Um, over in the far corner, you can see the stairwell. Uh, and there seems to have been some kind of attempt to get like a platform that moves upwards um, going in this, like in this spot to get to the top without walking. Um, but you're not sure whether or not it works. Karen starts stomping up the stairs. Um, Overland travel <laughs> doubled. Does that count here? I mean, once you go up the stairs, we're going to cut away. So yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> so um, as long as you two are with, uh, with me, we can just kind of zoom up the stairs pretty quick. Okay. Got the zoomies. Yeah, we got the zoomies. <laughs> Karen stands behind the boys and just kind of shoves them up the stairs like, ho, ho, ho. Flinvar. <laughs> yes. You're climbing down this rope and it gets colder as you go down. You feel your hands start to numb a little bit, but you flex them. Uh, and you continue climbing down. It's a long climb. It's probably, you know, 70, 80 feet to the bottom of this, like, sewer tunnel that just drops straight down. All the way down, you can hear Cherish um, encouraging you and the men uh, who are above you, just letting everyone know, you know, what he sees. Uh, and eventually he's like, okay, this is the bottom. There's going to be a, a, a short drop, but just it's flat stone. So just let go and you'll be fine. Um, and then you feel the rope be beneath you go slack, and a second later, two uh, heavy boots um, hitting wet stone cobbled floor uh, beneath you. <laughs> Flynn, your, your hands are so cold that you almost can't feel them, and you hear uh, Captain Cherish below you say, um, all right, that's it, let go. Uh, I'm a little bit shorter than you, so I might go a little bit further. Um, yeah, you, you can feel with your feet that the the stone of the downward tunnel doesn't really go much further down. It's probably for you, like a, not like a 10 foot drop, but like you are good at acrobatics. You, you're you confident that it's not too far from how far away he is. Okay, so Flynn kind of like pushes off from the wall a little bit and does a little hero landing. <laughs> you try to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> you try to push off from the wall, but your legs feel limp. Oh. Yeah. And you let go with your hands, and you just, like, fall sideways, just onto the stone floor. Oh, uh, and you realize that- Why did that you drink it? <laughs> you realize that you can't feel your leg- Like, you'd hit the stone floor, but you didn't feel it. Your whole body is numb, and you try to move your head, and you realize that you can't. Like, all you can do is look around with your eyes and kind of move your mouth a little bit, but not a ton. And you feel around you the other guardsmen dropping down and landing with their boots as Captain Cherish uh, walks up to you and crouches down in your eyeline. Mm -hmm. no. Can you hear me in there? Blink twice if you can hear me. <laughs> um, can I speak a little bit at this point or no? You can, you can get out a couple of words, but it's like you've just been to the dentist. Cherish? What? <laughs> oh good, you can hear me. And he pulls out that little stone. 
uh, that before, mm. with the woman's face on it. This is my sister. Her name was Hope. Uh, and he kind of grabs it and he pinches the image uh, and like as he pinches it it zooms out then you realize that like the moment that this image came from was in ace alley oh, during the bobby attack oh. you can see fire in the background and you can see this woman wearing a nice dress kind of looking around her and right behind her you can see the rampaging flesh golem approaching her <gasps> And he says, she died that night. And I was broken. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And then a man came to me and he gave me this. And he showed me that someone could have saved her, but they chose not to. And he zooms out again. And you can see now that it's from the point of view of, you can now see the four of you up on the roof of that building, looking over the edge as Bobby, in slow motion, runs towards this woman and just punches a hole straight through her chest as you all stand there, scared and doing nothing. He smiles at you and he says, I'm gonna get my sister back. And the price to do that was you. And I want you to know that you did this to yourself. You could have been a hero. And you chose not to. (laughs) And behind him, there's this big double iron door, really similar to the one that you saw uh, at the Dragon Horde, this big, heavy iron door with carvings all over it. And the the men that he has with him are like pulling that door open. And Cherish like easily like puts one hand underneath your shoulders and one hand underneath your knees and picks you up. And he starts to carry you through the tunnel behind that door. And Flynn, the first thing that you see on the other side is a a box full of those Warforged limbs that the miners in in the hives had. Those like modified Warforged limbs with the zap panels on them. The next thing that you see is a huge iron box that you've seen from the inside, sitting in a side chamber, just waiting. And there's there's like a pulley system that it can be lifted but you know for a fact that that's the same box that you were in when you went through the door at the hives. Oh my god. Captain Cherish keeps walking uh, and eventually he stops uh, in a space where there's quite a wide open like science lab. You imagine Frankie would be quite at home with all the like, you know, boiling liquids and different colored beakers and all kinds of things. And Cherish just unceremoniously just drops you on the stone floor. And it's warmer in here. It's no longer cold. And he goes and he sits down and he says, there you go. I bought him. Give me back my sister. And the voice that responds says, well, (laughs) if it isn't the last piece of the puzzle, right on time. And you hear that squeaking, that like, as something's coming closer to you. And as it gets closer, every time there's a there's a squeaking noise, there's also a squelching noise, like a like a squelch, squelch. And as this is happening, you hear this voice addressing you, Flynn Byron. It says, 
Did you never wonder where a man like Marvelous would get access to the impossible wonders that you have seen? Spell scrolls unlike the Academy can create. Recycled and upscaled Vorforge limbs, unstoppable flesh golems, powered by the souls of the corrupted blood. Did you never once stop to think where these things come from? Well, let me reveal the source to you. And into your eyeline comes an eye on a stalk. Oh, what? And it looks at you for a moment, and then it like slams itself into the ground, oh, and the yeah. stalk attached like pulls everything behind it along with it. Oh. And then an another eye on a stalk does the same thing. Oh like, like squelches into the ground and just pulls the mess behind it. And what you see is like a weird semi-deflated basketball with an enormous eye and a huge mouth full of sharp teeth. And must be at least a dozen eyes on big long stalks. It looks like it's supposed to be a ball, but it's not. It's deflated and it's sitting on this little low to the ground cart and using these eye stalks to like push itself around. Flynn's eyes are white in fear and disgust, <laughs> but also his face is crumbled like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Roll me an arcana check, Flynnvar. Oh, okay. uh, net 20, so 25. You have heard what a beholder is. You know that once upon a time there were these horrible, like, magic beings that were like floating balls of flesh with big eyes and eyes on stalks. This one's not floating, and it's also not a perfect ball. It's like, like I said, it's like partially deflated. Have you ever seen a basketball with like not enough air in it? It's got a big dent in it? Yep. That's what this guy looks like. And he, he pulls himself on this cart right up close to you and he says, I am Dr. Zogos, the most perfect being, and you, a pre-ascended, are exactly how I will complete my ultimate plot. So how, how numb am I? Can I still say some things? Yeah, you could you could still talk a little. Like you can't sit there and chat with him back and forth, but you could probably force out four or five words. Now, what's your name? I told you I am Doctor Zergos. You've heard that name before. Yeah. When you were in the arena being hunted by Bobby, Marvelous mentioned someone named Doctor Zergos. So did you say that Doctor Zergos is that deflated beholder? Yes. It's a beholder, what are you talking about? That's no big deal. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, it do be like that sometimes. Yeah. It do be a beholder. <laughs> Listen, at this point, Jesus Christ, bloody hell, what else are we going to see, huh? Pretty much. <laughs> What's a pre-ascended? You could have asked that, but it's not your scene anymore. Flynn's <laughs> <laughs> too shook. <laughs> He's very vulnerable right now. Karen, Ido, and Frankie, you burst yourselves to the top of like 14 flights of stairs. You burst out the door to the roof and facing away from you, there is a tall figure uh, with like a rain cloak on and like a hood over its head looking down over the balcony down at the city. Did, did we ever find out what was projecting the green marvelous last time? No. No. Uh, I cast about for it's all any of his farts. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of his 
stupid stinky farts from a stupid stinky butt. Uh, <laughs> Karen casts about for like a glowing stone, something green, anything that might be the source of the projection. She's trying to turn it off. Roll me a perception check. Okay. I rolled a 19 on dice, so that's a 24 per- for perception. It's quite dark up here, but against the light of the city, like the, the lights sort of sprawled out in front of you, you can make out this person's silhouette. They are not bulky enough to be Mr. Marvelous, and you don't see any kind of uh, magical devices here. Mm. I call out to the figure. Who are you? The figure turns around, and it is an odd, stretched out looking elf. Uh, beneath his cloak, he's wearing a sort of, uh, like, stripy marching band jacket. Boy! And Idafer, you recognize him instantly. It's my boy! Yeah, it's Amnity. Uh, he turns around, and he looks at the three of you sadly, and he says, He's not here. We were tricked. Amnity! I'm really happy when I see him. <laughs> and I go up, and I give him a hug. I didn't mean, like, I didn't even mean to him. Just, like, so glad to see a familiar face that doesn't want to hurt me. <laughs> he does hug you back, Idafer. Aww! It's nice to see you, boy. These are your friends. And I like sh- quickly like back off from the hug and kind of shake it off. And be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. You have met uh, Karen uh, and Frankie. Um, Actually, let me pause you there. Have you guys met Amity before? Because I don't think you have. I don't have think you I not? have. No. No, you met him in a bar. <laughs> well, dang. Okay, sorry about that. Um, uh, these, these are these are my friends, um, Karen and Frankie. Although knowing you, you probably know all about them. Okay, uh, concerning statement. Um, who is, who is, Idafer, who is this? Uh, he walks up to you, Karen, uh, and he holds out a very, like, elongated hand with, like, he's got the regular amount of knuckles on his fingers, but his fingers are way too long. Uh, and he holds it out to you and he says, Karen Stonecutter, my name is Amnity Shul. I'm a friend of your acquaintance. Hmm. Roll me an insight check. I will. Insight. Also, Kenny, if it turns out that Amity's bad, I'm going to be very sad. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that I'm not telling you anything <laughs> about that right now. <laughs> no, I thought so. But if it turns out... <laughs> That's another 24. Karen, you're not sure what it is, but this guy gives you the heebie-jeebies. This guy, yeah. like, makes you feel really uneasy. And he's also, like, another full-blooded elf whom... There's only one other full-blooded elf that you know, and you don't like that guy. Yeah. So maybe it's that. Maybe you're just racist. Maybe. Uh, Karen spent her, like, a long time really looking up to elves, and now she's like, I don't know, actually, about elves. <laughs> I don't know. She she kind of touches his hand, just like, it, like shaking his hand, but not very well. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. You're not part of Master Specs, Lissolt, are you? Oh, certainly not. He might be a handsome man, but I like to do my own thing. Frankie, what are you up to? Frankie is kind of listening, but also at the same time trying to uh, sort of gleam around for uh, any clues as to uh, his actual whereabouts. Sure. Roll me a perception check. Perception plus five. (laughs) Seven. You don't see anything on the balcony? And you look over the edge and you can see uh, two orange and one yellow light streaking towards you. And you're like, that's not him either. Okay. Hmm. And the three of you uh, plus Amnity are sort of standing around on this balcony being like, what do we do now? Uh, And then you hear uh, hear a voice say, stay where you are. 
freeze. And uh, up from beneath the edge of the balcony, uh, three uh, three angels, two of whom have wings made of fire, uh, and one of whom has wings made of light, fly up uh, over the balcony uh, and point swords down at you. Uh, and then they go, wait, what are you guys doing here? Well, what do you think we're doing here? We're trying to... We're trying to get the guy who just told our names to the entire city. What are you doing here? Well, we're hunting him too, because he told your names to the entire city. If he's not here, then where is he? I don't know, and I don't know where Flynn is. I'm getting really worried. Flynnva. You are starting to regain uh, a little of the feeling in your hands very slowly. You still can't move yet, but uh, you you hear from the other room uh, a voice, a familiar voice say, Are you done stroking your ego, Zergos? Get him in here. And Flynn, um, the weird deflated basketball beholder, sticks his eye to a piece of electrum and then, like, using the, like, eye goop, to stick it to him, like moves it to his teeth and he puts it in his teeth and then one of his other eye stalks shoots a beam at you that makes you levitate. My God. This beholder then starts using its eye stalks to like drag itself to where you heard the voice coming from and you're levitated into the next room which has more electrum in it than you have ever seen. There is an absolute mountain of blue and green electrum and next to it Sitting next to a velvet topped desk, wearing a smoking jacket, and like sitting next to like a fireplace that's clearly been installed later, you can see Mr. Marvelous. He's got this little, uh, he's got this little device. It, it doesn't look very comp, like it doesn't look very um, complicated, but he, it's pointing at him, like shining a, a light at him. And when he sees you, uh, he puts it down. And for those of you at home who are interested, uh, at this exact moment, uh, the marvelous torso disappears from the sky. And Zergos is like, really, he's like, Oh, Mr. Onagon? Oh, can you see, can you see my beautiful invention? I made the green electrum <laughs> to help us see shortfall. It's fortunate that the city has so many unwanted tieflings, is it not? <laughs> he's just like dribbling while he's laughing at his own genius. Oh, yuck. Gross. Can, can Flynnva do insight into the doctor's kind of behavior? Because he's picked up a couple of... Yeah, go ahead. Roll me. Roll me insight. Oh, 19 on the dice. Yeah, insight. 23. Hey, this guy's like straight up insane. <laughs> like, the way that he is like sat back in this little cart and like using his own eyes to push himself around and his like weird voice he's both crazy and s smarter than frankie oh well, okay and that's not a good combination hmm. flynn was picking up crazy arrogant mad scientist vibes <laughs> all, all correct uh, marvelous stance and he walks up and he just like puts his hand over the eye that's levitating you and the beam is interrupted and you just you just flop down to the ground again and you're sure that if you were able to feel your body, that that would have hurt. Am I still wearing my hat? Is Welby still in my hat? Yes, he's very scared. Okay. Aww. And he's sending you lots of emojis, most of which are scared faces and faces with, like, nervous sweat on them and faces oh. that are, like, <laughs> you know, the scared kind of bared teeth. But he's not leaving you. 
He didn't run away. He's just staying under your hat. He's staying close to you. He's a sweet boy. <laughs> if we had not been fortunate enough to procure a dragon heart, I would say, who knows? <laughs> oh. But now is the scroll finally complete. We have what we need. The wish scroll. <laughs> oh no, the dragon heart. You gotta get baby out of there. Flinva, you remember a couple of days ago, you bumped into Marvelous, who was buying something from the chop shop. Oh my god. And that chop shop was selling dragon parts, and you very likely saw him picking up the dragon heart that, uh, that Zergos is talking about. Did you say wish scroll? And Marvelous takes something off the desk, and it is a, like a, a piece of parchment that is pulsing. Like every few seconds, like a, um, like a ripple of energy comes out of it. And he turns and he shows it, he shows it to you. There's a lot of like glowing blue text on it, but at the top of the scroll, there's just four letters that you can read. W-I-S-H. And where the paper is touching his hand, it's burning his skin. It's like sizzling him to touch it. Dr. X, fantastic work. And then he, he rolls up his sleeve, like deliberately and slowly. And then he like sticks his arm up to the elbow into the mountain of Electrum next to you. And there has to be like a thousand Electrum in this, at least a thousand Electrum in this pile. Is it blue or green? It's a combination of both. It is majority oh, blue, no. but maybe about a quarter of it is green. The eyes! The eyes! The, the Electrum, as he shoves his hand into it, like makes a noise akin to a scream of protest as it crackles to life. And he looks down at you, and he says, I'm glad you're here to see me get my win, Onagon. I wish that I was the Emperor of Ymirsa. And the world starts to shake. Oh no! Karen, Ido, Frankie, you all feel it in the form of a massive earthquake shaking the tower you're in. Your bodies start to warp and shift, and a bright light starts to fill your vision. Next to you, Amnesty grabs his head and he's screaming in pain. And he sinks down to his knees um, and just starts like holding on to like his head, like squeezing his skull. Over next to the balcony, you can see the angels just breaking apart. Oh my god. And Flynn, you feel it too. You feel your vision fading and your body vibrating. But as the world goes white and you fade out of consciousness, the last thing you can focus on is that enormous, horrifying eyeball of Dr. Zergos, uh. which is fixed on you as he cackles with laughter. Oh my god. Looks like they're gone. Cassentia Thulukina Riverstrider here, but you can call me Cassie. Please remember that when things are bad, it's okay to talk about it. It will make things seem a bit less heavy, and you can help resolve it in your head. Bye now. <laughs>